You're listening to Grow Yourself Up, a weekly mental health podcast hosted by Kath Cunahan. I'm a psychotherapist, writer, and speaker working in private practice in London. I specialize in the impact of our own childhood on our parenting and how we can heal and integrate our childhood trauma, wounding, and stress so that we can inhabit our full adult selves. Join us each week as we talk about all things growing ourselves up, how we can tend to ourselves in our parenting, generational healing, and overcoming the impacts of childhood trauma. Together, we will become more self-compassionate, connected, authentic, resilient, and heart-centered, so we can live our own full and beautiful lives. As a listener of this podcast, you're welcome to come over and join the Facebook group. So search on Facebook for Grow Yourself Up. It's a private Facebook group of all the listeners. And did you know there are journal prompts that go along with every episode? So sign up for the journal prompts on kathcunahan.com or go to my Instagram, kathcunahan, and sign up at the link in the bio there. And you will get my newsletter, Nurture, Heal, Grow, which contains all the journal prompts. Looking forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. The podcast is produced each week by the wonderful Audio Cafe. Thanks for being here. Welcome back. It's the first episode of 2023, and this is episode 30. We've been going for six months. What a joyful journey it's been. What a joyful journey it's been for me, and I hope it's been a joyful journey for you. I love taking the time each week to um, sit and record and to think about what might be useful. I think because I have so many things coming out of my head, I struggle sometimes to um, decide what to talk about. And I kind of have gone on lots of different circles already in the podcast. But I'm trying to bring a lot of the threads back together this year. And um, I wanted to say thank you to all of you who've written reviews. Thank you to those of you who've written to me. Thank you to those who are doing the journal prompts in community. Thank you to all of you. Thank you to, to each person who downloads this and shares it with their friends each week. If you're able to, please can you leave a review and a rating on the platform that you listen on? That will really help it get to more people. I understand that's how um, the podcast people like rate it and, I don't know, allow people to search for it or find it. Okay, so let's get started on episode 30. Um, it's the new year in London. It's raining a lot. I'm going to actually break this out into two parts because I am still myself feeling quite tired and, um, I don't know, kind of life exhausted from lots of things that are going on in my own life and my personal life. So I want to kind of model gentleness and not, um, pack in too much. So I'm going to give you some key concepts and, um, some things to think about. And then some more practical tools around this and how to implement some stuff in the next part. So next week, we're going to have a, um, a, um, an episode with a guest. And then, um, the second part of this episode will be the week after that. So it's the new year. And whether or not you believe in the Gregorian calendar or if you follow a more kind of, um, if you follow more the, like the, the seasons and you, you follow that the, like the 21st of January is, and even, um, like the 1st of February, there are various other dates that you could be following, but whatever kind of cycle you adhere to in your life or kind of, kind of pay homage to, um, this new year 
in the Gregorian calendar, so the 1st of January 2023, it's always a time for reflection and the, it marks the passing of time. And it's a useful point to look back and also to look forward. And um, I personally used to be very seduced by uh, New Year's resolutions because there was always like this fantasy that I would create a better version of myself. And woven into that is always that idea of I'm not good enough. And when you're a perfectionist and um, you have a kind of a core of shame, there's always that, okay, this is my chance. This is my year that I'm going to get it really perfect. This is my year that I'm going to change everything. And I think we really have to get away from that thinking and strip that right back to think that we are already good enough and another year that we won't get it perfect Um, because we cannot get it perfect because there is no perfect. And believe me, this is coming from a recovering perfectionist who has really tried her darndest to get it perfect and it doesn't exist. And so instead of kind of setting ourselves up to fail or to think we haven't um kind of achieved what these kind of um, mammoth goals or unrealistic resolutions we set ourselves up, I really want to suggest an exercise that you can do, which I love doing and I've done for many years, which is much more about what do you want your life to look like and how can you use that, this kind of uh, intention setting and also really trying to embody what it is you hope to bring into your life. How can you use that to guide you in your decisions on a kind of a macro and a micro level? I remember I had a card, um, something about like, I'm going to lose the same 15 kilograms I lost last year. Like one of my new resolutions always used to be that I'd lose those five kilograms. And now in motherhood, that ship has totally sailed because now I need to lose more than five kilograms if I was going to set those type of resolutions. But um, it's, it's just always a way to beat up on ourselves. None of us need um, more invitations to do that. Because when you haven't had your needs met in childhood, you have a, you carry this fundamental idea that there's something wrong with you. And so part of that is having a critic who's always quite active. And I really want to invite you into thinking there's nothing wrong with you. And rather to focus on the life that you would like to craft. So one of the reasons I think it's really important to bring our own attention to our own lives is because many of us live out these um, societal messages that we're told about how life needs to roll and how we need to be in it. And they're kind of predictable milestones like you need to go to school, then you need to either get a job or you need to get some additional training, then you need to work, then you need to meet someone, then you need to get married, then you need to have children, and then you just need to work some more, basically. Many of us do not fit neatly into that, and that sets us up to feel like we're failures because we're always striving for something that's kind of an external goal. And what that means is we often um, are completely unaware or not paying any attention to what actually we might like to bring into our lives or what feels good to us or what stimulates joy for us. We kind of totally disconnect from any of that. And look, I'm, I'm not saying we can fully design our lives. That's impossible because change is always afoot. There's always events that happen that are completely out of our control. We're blindsided by things that um, kind of impact our lives forever. But becoming aware of our own agency is one of the most important parts of um, healing trauma and from kind of really connecting to our core authenticity and understanding what it is that like makes our heart sing. The experience of um, trauma leaves us often with a feeling of powerlessness 
and feeling very alone in what we've been through and also a sense of being out of control. The, the kind of out of control and powerlessness are two of the, um, the core experiences when you've um, experienced trauma. So really becoming aware of our own agency is an important antidote to that, really important antidote. So you kind of claim your power in your life. You notice actually that you have power because when you have felt so powerless, you can tend to perpetuate that feeling of I am powerless. I talked on Instagram recently about um, feeling like a beetle on her back. And I sometimes have the sense of like, I'm like a big dung beetle. It's a beetle that you have in South Africa and probably all over Africa, but like a beetle who's got all her legs in the air, like lying on her back and kind of kicking because she sometimes doesn't feel like she wants to write herself and take adult action. And just because sometimes she doesn't know how. And we can go through our whole adult lives um, being like that. So operating from a place of, I have no power. And actually, Alice Miller, who's written a lot about childhood trauma, she wrote, um, she's written many books. And she um, one of her most well-known is The Drama of the Gifted Child. She has a quote, which I think is, I'm, I might paraphrase this incorrectly, but it's something about um, the most dangerous thing is thinking that we have no power. Actually, it's really important to come into connection with our sense of power. And first of all, we do that in small ways. So, um, you know, when we've talked about meeting needs, that's, that's a way of coming into our own power to notice that we do have agency about how we meet our needs. And so really trying to focus in on how you would like your life to feel, how you would like to feel in your life is, um, a really important exercise because we can notice how we perhaps have been sabotaging ourselves. I know that I sabotage myself in certain ways, which I'll share more about in the second part of this, um, which are completely at odds with how I want to feel in my life. And we really kind of have to notice what our patterns are and to go, okay, so this is really not um, helping me. For example, one of the things that I really struggle with is bedtime and going to bed at a good time. I identify as a night owl. I think that's probably more to do with um, messed up cortisol patterning. But going to bed late and like reading too much or doing too much work at night is not helpful for me. It does not help me with how I want to be in my life during the day. But if I behave like a beetle on her back about bedtime, which sometimes I really do, then nothing's going to change. You know, there's that lovely saying, nothing changes if nothing changes. And that um, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So this exercise I'm going to suggest to you is a way to kind of interrupt that and to notice, oh, okay, I'm really wanting to feel more rested in my life, but isn't it interesting? I'm going to bed at like midnight every night. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the exercise. So I just want you to, to be aware. I'm not saying we can fully design everything. This is about intention setting, holding a certain energy and believing that we have some power over what we bring into our own lives. Okay, so the exercise that I want to suggest that you do is what I call the circle of life. It's an exercise I adapted from um, the work of someone called Jill Edwards. I think I read her work around like 15 years ago. And um, I've been doing this exercise um, sometimes a couple of times a year. I've also done it with my husband. Um, I've done it on lots of different areas of my life, on work, on my relationship, on what I'm trying to bring into my life. And I find it a really, really helpful um, way to look at what I'd like to create, essentially. So what you do is you can get, I normally get a big piece of cardboard. You can also just do it on A4 paper or A3 paper and get some nice um, 
uh, like colored, what I would call in South Africa, kokis, but maybe you call them felt tips or I don't know what they call them in the States, but anyway, or in the rest of the world, but like those pens that your children use that are like inky and um, draw a big circle on it. And in that circle, I want you to think about all the different aspects of your life and what you would like for those different aspects of your life and write it in there in the present tense. So this is an important thing in terms of how we uh, manage our own subconscious is speaking in the present tense as if we've already achieved things because it changes the energy with which we approach things. And it it's actually very encouraging. When I was, so for the longest time, um, I was very focused on having a relationship that worked because um, I, I wasn't sort of able to have like a loving adult relationship because I kept on choosing very unavailable and loving men. And um, I met my husband when I was 36, nearly 37 actually, online actually. But I had been writing in my circles for many years. Um, uh, I think two years before I even met him, I said, um, I'm going to get engaged this year. I didn't get engaged that year, but I never let that discourage me. I remember many years ago also reading a book called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And he says, put all your goals down. It doesn't matter if you say you want to, um, you don't reach the goal. At least you've got something to go for. And, you know, he also in that book talked about that if you're going to journey from New York to San Francisco, that's a, f- a huge journey all the way from the East Coast of America, all the way to the West Coast. I think it's something like 3,500 miles. And each day you have to take a few little steps, but you don't see San Francisco until you've crossed the whole of America. And that's taken you a long time if you're walking. And so you might only see that, you know, in the previous three days. And it doesn't mean that you're not getting there. It's just mean that you can't see it yet. And so I think that this type of thing, yes, it, it may be aspirational in certain areas and it might be a goal that is relatively far away, but it doesn't mean you can't write it down and kind of work towards it. Gloria Steinem said that dreaming is a form of planning. And I want to really encourage you all to give yourself permission to dream, to allow yourself to create a life of joy and beauty and love with all the things that you want in it, regardless of like what society tells you that you're allowed to do, or regardless of what society tells you is valuable. So I remember one of my, some of the things that I've had on there that um, when I was still training to be a psychotherapist, I wrote, I'm a successful psychotherapist. I work in private practice. I've completed all my, um, my training, my viva which is like a, you have to have a speaking panel um, to finish my master's. I remember that um, I was deeply touched by a book by someone who writes in addiction circles and I wanted to go to an addiction conference and have her sign the book. I put that on. I was like, I met her at a conference. She signed my book. And yes, she's met her at a conference. She signed my book. I also wrote that actually about Marianne Williamson. She came to London many years ago and um I went to a talk of hers at a place in Piccadilly and I wanted her to sign my book. I wrote that in my circle and I met her and she signed my copy of Return to Love. And so it covers a huge range of things. And I talked a lot about what sort of relationship I would like to have, what sort of love relationship, what the qualities of the person I would like to call in. And I wrote that down in detail and I put it up in my bedroom actually. Sometimes a good place to put it is on the inside of a wardrobe or in your bathroom. 
I did feel sometimes shy if people saw what I'd written, but um, I mean, it's a private document for you, so you don't have to show anyone. But I really want to encourage you to to kind of think about what it is you like. There's lots of things that I've written in mine that have not yet come true, that I'm still working towards. There's also qualities of um, like um, where we'd like to live. I would really like more country around me. So I'm really still working on kind of bringing that in. I was very focused on the type of birth that I had and how I wanted it to be when my daughters entered the world. And um, I had a very kind of anxious pregnancy with lots of different stuff going on. And I didn't know right until the end if I'd be able to have the sort of birth that I really wanted. And and that, um, I generally had quite a positive birth experience. I mean, there were some things that didn't go the way I planned. But, you know, you can really focus on the minutia of what you would like in your life. For me now, it's very much about how I want to be in my life, what what energy I want to embody. How do I want to be as a mother? You know, that I want to be quite relaxed, quite gentle, quite loving, um, as opposed to really anxious and perfectionist and strung out, which I also have been. And so for me, it's like, what do I want to incorporate in my day to help me be like that, to help me feel better about things, to help me be in a more connected place, to help me be more flexible in my nervous system. And so I really want you to ponder on that. What do you want your life to look like? What feels good in your body? What feels good in terms of the way that you run your life? Do you need more friendship? Do you need to join a group for more friendship? Do you need more exercise? Often with traumas, sometimes there can be, there's a couple of things that happen, but two of the main things that can happen are be, will be that if you heard messages about, oh, you're no good for anything or nothing's ever going to come of you or you're a waste of space. If you heard any of those sort of messages, you don't believe that you deserve anything. And I want to say that's not true. You're allowed to craft the life that you would love regardless of those messages, but they may be very insidious for you. So it might feel very uncomfortable doing this. Then there's something else that often happens is that you internalize being very good and being very um, externally focused. So it feels like you have to be like a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or a um like all of those, one of those professions, because they are um, revered in society and that you have to like look a certain way and have a certain car and have a certain house and a lot of like keeping up with some sort of sort of social, um, like, I don't know, keeping up with your neighbors or keeping up with the Joneses. And so then again, you're very disconnected from what it is that you would actually like. So part of this exercise is to try and shake that off. You know, you may be a doctor or a lawyer and actually hate it. Or you may be sitting there thinking, oh, this is not for me. This I'm not allowed. I've got this overall message of who am I to ask for this or who am I to think I can have this or still the message of I'm not good, good enough for this or I'm, um, nothing good is going to happen for me. And I just want you to gently kind of ponder that. If you notice that this feels like a really uncomfortable exercise, ponder on why. Maybe do some journaling around that. And um, I'm going to talk in two weeks time about some practical ways to actually help with some of these um, intentions. So think about how you would like your work life to look if you do um, unpaid labor in the house or um, paid labor outside of the house or inside the house. Think about how you would like both your paid labor and your unpaid labor to feel and to be. Um, How do you feel on your body? Do you have enough exercise, enough movement opportunities? How is your eating? How, what is your relationship to alcohol like? Think of all the things 
how is your friendship groups? How do you, is your relationship if you if you're in a in a partnership? Um, how is that? How is your relationship with your family? Think about all of the things that you would like to embody. And it might be sometimes we just focus on one area. So we may just focus on our work life. Sometimes we just focus on our personal life. Sometimes we just focus on we would really like a new place to live. So you can do the circle of life for anything. I've done separate circles of life for my career. I've done like a joint one with my husband once or actually a few times about like how and where we would like to live and kind of values we'd like to embody in our family. And it took him a while to kind of warm up to it, to be honest, but um, I've warmed him up. So you can do this with your partners if you want, you know, or you can do it with a friend. It's a lovely exercise to do with a friend, particularly if you feel safe enough to really own what you'd like to bring into your life. That's a very joyful witnessing experience. So um, let me know how you go. And it's lovely to be back with you. Even just doing this podcast has brought joy to me because it's so joyful um, when we inhabit our space in the world and you allow yourself that. This is an abundant world. We've all been raised to think it's really scared. There's like a massive scarcity issue. There's not. We can all, all shine our lights. Okay, I'm sending you lots of love. You've been listening to Grow Yourself Up, hosted by Kath Cunahan. We'll be back next week with a new episode supporting you to better understand and tend to yourself for more heart-centered, connected, authentic, and resilient living. Thank you.